ארצות הדף ל"ו עמוד Discover your identity, Dmut Dukno Shalaviv. When we get a piece of, of Gomorrah, particularly Agadita, as we've got over here, it's always important, and you'll see we try and do it as much as we can, to go back to the Psukim, to go back to the part of the, of the Chumash, of the Tanakh, of the Torah, where the Gomorrah is based, because that gives you a much better understanding of what the Gomorrah is about, and we'll do that here. We'll learn the piece of Chumash on which this Gomorrah is based. We spoke yesterday about the importance of vision, of being able to see uh, beyond that which is immediately visible, to be able to see more than what is visible. We talked a few days ago about, in, on the Shira about Shira, the poetry of perspective, what it is to be able to see something in a, in a wider perspective. And when it comes to identity, to knowing who you are, that concept of, of perspective becomes really important because knowing who you are is not just knowing who you, the individual, you're part of history. You have a history, you come from somewhere and you're going somewhere. You're just a link in the chain of the past and the future. And when we look at identity, it's important to be able to know my identity as a link in that vast chain from the past to the, to the future. So let's have a look at the, the, the Psukhi and Parashat Vayeshev. It was after these things. Yosef, the wife of his master, took an interest in him, and she said, lie with me, and Yosef refuses, and notice the trop, the, the, the tune on the word, we've got a shasher there, so it's, it's a long, and he refused, it's not so, it wasn't so easy for him to refuse, we already see in the, in the trop, we see the understanding of the, of, of the Gomorrah that we're going to have, and he says to the wife of his master, it would be a betrayal of trust. He has entrusted his entire estate, his assets, everything he has to me. The only thing he hasn't given me any authority over is you. And for me to now to engage in a relationship with you would be a betrayal of, of trust to my master. So it's not ethically right. And then Bashir Atishto, and you're married to him. So it's not morally right. So he gives himself an ethical argument, and he gives her an ethical argument, and he gives her a moral argument. And then he gives him a religious argument. And it wouldn't be right to Hashem. There would be a Benodim Lamochim here as well. I'm doing something which I would be doing something which is ethically wrong, something which is morally wrong, and something which is religiously wrong. How can I do it? She keeps on trying to persuade him. He didn't listen to her. There was a particular day. He came to the, to the house to do his work. And there was nobody from the household there in the house. So you've got to pause there and you've got to ask a question. Yosef Hatzadik. What's he doing in the house? Why, why are you going into the house? You know who she is. You know what she's thinking. You know what she's plotting. It's Yichud. Even if it was just a strange woman, you shouldn't be in the house. You're Yosef HaTzadik. Why are you going into the house? And it's on that that Rashi says, based on our Gemara, he was going into the house. La sot melachto doesn't mean to go to his office and open his computer. Lasot melachto means lasot tzorchav. He had made a decision, he was going to give in. He'd made a decision, this is, 
a good day, there's nobody else in the house, and he's going to engage in a relationship with the wife of Potiphar. Yosef actually made that, made that decision. So what happened? He'd given himself an ethical argument, he'd given himself a moral argument, and he'd given himself a religious argument, and now he walks in and he's going to do it. What happened to his three arguments? We'll see. Then she catches hold of him and, and grabs him, Vayanos and he runs away, he flees. So what happened to change his mind? So there's a lot going on here behind the scenes that we don't understand. Why did he go into the house in the first place? What happened to his three arguments that he'd given himself and her? And what changed? If he decided to engage with her, why did he run away? What changed? So in, in our Gemara, we have, the, the Gemara is dealing with the case of Yosef Shikideshim Shemayim Beseite. We've spoken recently about the importance of being able to do one service of Hashem without paying attention to the audience and to, and to recognition and to what people say. And this is an example was where Yosef was Shem Shemayim. He did an act of Kiddush Hashem in a way that nobody would know. He didn't know it was going to be written in the Torah. Nobody would ever have found out. And he didn't know that what was going to happen with the wife, of course. When he made his decision to pull away, he didn't know that anybody would ever find out that, that he did that with, with Sidkut. That's Peseta. And then it gives the whole story. When he went into that house, they both knew what was going to happen. There was an implicit understanding that that's why he was going into the house that day. And... Then it says, there was nobody there, may anshe habayit. There was nobody there from the house. Says the Gemara, bota bata shel aviv And, and Tosfus explains what the Gemara is learning is that there was nobody from the family there in the house, but there was somebody else. And maybe he wasn't in the house, but he was peeping through the window. Who was the somebody else? The image of his father. So that's what changes. He's about to do it. He's about to go ahead with the wife of Potiphar. And he sees the image of his father and he runs. So it's the image of his father which undoes his, his decision, his will, to go ahead and, and get involved with Eshet Potiphar. And, 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 and it's, the, it's the, the vision of his father that stops him from doing that. So let's try and look at that. After his argument, what changed? So he, he says to her, it's ethically wrong. Your husband has entrusted everything to me. I can't betray his trust. And it's morally wrong. You're a married woman. You're married to him. Can't do that. And it's an Avera. It's a serious Avera to Hashem. Can't do that. So what happened? So we've got the Gemara in Eirvun. Omar Rabbi Avo, Omar Rabbi Yochum. Talmid Hayalo Rabbi Meir v'sumchus shmo. Rabbi Meir had a Talmid whose name was Sumchus. Shaya Omer al-Kol Davar v'davar shel Tumah arba'im u'shmone ta'amei Tumah v'al-Kol Davar v'davar shel Tarah arba'im u'shmone ta'amei Tarah. You could give 48 reasons for why something was tahor or why something was tameh. There was an, an old tana in, in Yavne who could make something that was treif. He could make it kosher with 150 reasons. You see, there's a lot of talk about overthinking and being careful not to overthink because you can think a thing through to any conclusion you want. You can reason and reason and you can get to any conclusion you want. As, as much as we think that our rationale is foolproof and we can think things out logically, 
where you land up with your logic is is very indeterminate. You, you can land up anywhere with your logic. You want to prove something's wrong, and we see it with with science. Even you want to prove that uh, meat is is unhealthy, you'll get all the research that will prove that meat is unhealthy, and then the meat lobby will come along and want to prove that meat is healthy. They'll do all the research to prove that meat is healthy. Uh, you want to say vaccines cause illness. You'll find the research. You want to say vaccines save from illness? You'll find the reason. Whatever you can research and reason and think and find logical uh, processes to justify almost anything. So what what keeps you straight in halacha? Even what keeps you straight? You can find within halacha, as we see in the Gemara there in Eruvin, there are different ways you can make something which is treif kosher and something which is kosher treif, and you can argue it and you can prove it. What what enables you to keep straight? At the end of the day, it's a dmut yuknu shalaviv. When Yaakov, when Yosef looks up and he sees, he says, "Yes, I figured, I figured it out. I gave myself an ethical argument, but I found an ethical loophole. I gave myself a moral argument, but I found a moral loophole. I gave myself a religious argument, but I found a religious loophole." And then he sees his father looking, and he says, "And what would my father say?" And that's the end of it. That's the end of the discussion. Because that you can't rationalize away. That when you really get to a decision, the the best way to get to a real decision, to a real choice, is to know who you are and where you come from and where you could be going. It's not only the idea of the chalon is looking outward. Don't restrict your vision to the to the bedroom in which you are. You're in a little room with this woman, and if that's all you see in your world, you'll figure out some rationale. Look out of the window, see where you've come from. The son of Yaakov the grandson of Yitzchak, the great-grandson of Avroam Avinu. And where are you going to, Yosef? Who's going to come from you? What is the future? Who could you be in the future? Is this what you want to be doing? You don't need a Shulchan Aruch for that. You don't need all the intellectual arguments for that. You don't need a halachic discourse for that. It's as clear as daylight when you understand who you are, where you come from, and where you could be going. Everything becomes clear when you have your identity. It's when you're lacking your identity, where you're not sure who you are. But in the big sense, not just sure who I am today, who I am in history. What part am I playing in history? Where do I come from? Where am I going to? If you see that whole perspective, it's as clear as daylight what's right and wrong. It's not very difficult to figure out what's, what, what's right and wrong. That's the limud we get here from, from, uh, from Yosef. Uh, who am I that one needs to ask when you're looking at, at, a, at a moral dilemma or is a halachic dilemma? You don't know what to do. Where do I come from? Who am I? Where do I come from? And where could I and should I be going? And now let me figure out what's the right thing for that person to be doing. And it becomes very, very clear. And it's not just about about the, a, a physiological parent, which Yaakov was, but Yaakov was also the Rebbe of, of, uh, of Yosef HaTzadik. And that's something very important. We have the posuk in Yeshayahu, see your rabbeim, see your teachers, physically see them. Because when you see them, it's completely different. I've often said that, that when, when I saw the G'dayle Yisrael, whether it was my great uncle Rebel Yelopian, or it was the Ponevizia Rov, or it was Reb Chatzkel Levenstein, or it was any of the, any of the greats, you see somebody who sees Hashem. You see somebody who's standing in front of Hashem. 
We don't always feel that or sometimes we never feel that. We don't see Hashem. We don't feel we're standing in front of Hashem. But when you look in the face of people like that, you see somebody who sees Hashem before him. You can see it in their face. You can see the reflection of Hashem in their face. What power does that have on your behavior? What does that do for your behavior? And I've told you before that when my father, came, the first time he came to Israel after the Second World War was in 1952. He went to visit his Rebbe, Rebellia Lopian, and on the last day of the trip, he went to say goodbye to Rebellia, and Rebellia said to him, have you seen Rabbi Zalman Meltzer in Yerushalayim? Rosh Hashiva of My father said, no. He said, so see him. My father said, I can't, I can't go and see him. I'm on the way to the airport, and I won't have time to have a conversation with him. He said, I'm not asking you to speak to him. I'm just asking you to see him. Because if you see him, your life will never be the same again. And my father used to say he didn't. He was in a rush to get to the airport. He didn't see Rabbi Zalman Meltzer. A year later, Rabbi Zalman died. And it's one of the biggest regrets of his life was that he never saw Rabbi Zalman. Because that's what Rebellia said. When you see one of these people, your life is not the same again. That, that's what And when you see them, the Dumut Dukno, and you see your Rabbeim. I once had a, a colleague who was a Boki Bashas. He knew the whole of Shas. And he used to say to me, when you say a chidush, when you say something new, how do you know it's right? So when I say something new, I run it through shas. He had a photographic memory. Any idea that I've got, I run through shas. And I check, is there any Gemara anywhere in shas that is against what I'm saying? But you don't know shas like that, he used to say to me, and he was quite right. How do you know it's right? And I used to answer, I just have a picture of my Rebbe or my father and when I would say something, if it wasn't quite right, my Rebbe had a way of twitching his nose. If I see his nose twitch, I know this is not what I should be saying. My father, with his lips, he had a way of, of movement of his lips. If, it was, I, I, if I see that, when I say, I say it over to them. If I'm saying something new, I say it over to my Rabbeim. And I watch their face. Because then you know what's right and what's wrong when you're able to see that. And Rabbi, and Rabbi says, the reason I'm sharper than my friends is because I sat behind Rabbi Meir in the Beis Medrash. I could see Rabbi Meir from behind. And if I'd been able to see him from, from his face, I would be even sharper than that. That's what gave me that koach, what, that's what gave me that ability. So, so with us too, we need to understand uh, in those moments of dilemma, which we have every day of our lives, not to try and resolve everything by rationalizing, not to try and resolve everything by halachic analysis, to be able to look at who am I? Where do I come from? Where could I be going? And what should I, if that's who I am, what's the right thing for me to be doing in this particular circumstances? And nine times out of 10, we'll get it right. Right.